you follow so who's out there looking back at us Oh, you think everyone. there's another James Webb looking at us? Now? I mean, listen, there's probably some other planet that's watching us like we watch Jersey Shore. Like, let's be honest. I don't think so. No? I've in in that in that way, no. Oh. The You don't think we're entertainment? So kinda how we watch light, bacteria. Light doesn't mm. work that way. <laughs> like <laughs> you, Fair. You, you can't just like if it's a million light years away, they're looking at us a million light years in the past. Oh, you're right. So, oh. do do you follow any of the LIGO? Any of those when they came out with any of the LIGO? The what? This is LIGO? the limit of my science knowledge. The gravitational wave observatories? Nope. And they yeah. like observed uh, black holes merging and neutron stars merging. It was... Mm. That's like, okay, so as a kid growing up, like you, you, you saw Hubble. You saw all that other stuff. And like I saw enough space shows where they're like... What about gravitational waves? Like, will there be a time that they actually are, like, observationally proven and they did it? Like, that's just cool. Mm -hmm. It's crazy out there. Coming from a clinical background, Debbie, I thought oh you would be God. a little bit more interested. <laughs> I know a lot of things about how the brain and human no bodies cares. work and behavior, but I don't I don't know why space was just never my thing. It's, you said the word infinity, and that's... Yeah, that's what it reminds me of looking at. Yeah. It, it's... It, eternity infinity uh and the first time i seen them like oh my god my life it, it my life isn't even on the blip of time <clears throat> no. you know like i'm so insignificant have you seen the the voyager shot from when they turned it around and took a picture mm -hmm. of oh the, yeah the earth the little dot, dot. oh yeah. shut up <laughs> yeah. yeah have you seen that picture we're just Probably. a blip <laughs> it's Voyager turned around and took a picture as it was leaving the universe and there's this like ray of light and there's just a tiny little dot That's earth. Yeah. Every I'm single sure... thing in human existence has existed on that tiny little pixel in that picture. Yeah. It was yeah. ridiculous You haven't seen it. Yeah, Carl I Sagan. Probably have seen your life would be changed if internet. you saw it. So. I don't <laughs> it, but I, It's I, ridiculous, I, you know, I'm familiar with the Bible and theology and stuff But when I seen those deep field images that really made me believe yeah. in something beyond myself mm -hmm. that created this thing it's so crazy you know? yeah those little there's like these little dots all over that the james webb image and then you then you look closer and it's these big it's spiral galaxies and they're just like <laughs> yeah. this yeah. big you with know? thousands like, <laughs> i know yeah. stars and solar yeah. systems the yeah i've watched a lot and especially on like is interstellar travel actually possible from mm -hmm. from like galaxy to galaxy and it's just currently i would i mean we're nowhere we'd be nowhere near possible currently but it's that same thing of like yeah but 500 years ago we thought the earth was the center of the yeah. universe like yeah. right i really hope and especially like being alive at a time now like there are huge advances being made in a lot of science and i'm i'll be fascinated when i'm like 90 years old if i live that long i could be frozen well it's like it's like you look at the computing power of like a calculator now and like in the in like the 40s that was like an entire warehouse full of like yeah. you know ones and zeros yeah. and stuff like that and now it's just and that's just a calculator and like it's just like they don't even make insane? just calculators yeah, exactly, do they you know it's on your like, phone i mean they do but they're usually 99 they're usually they're like an extra that people throw in like i don't right. want a calculator with yeah it's swag you now. can get swag. your yeah. logo on it because yeah. they're so cheap yeah but quantum computers and all that stuff is that's going to be a game changer too. oh it the New York Stock Exchange will get hacked in one second. You know? Oh, it's...
Casting Light. Uh, I'm Debbie. We I'm Daniel. Daniel here. Nick. <laughs> sure. Hi, Nick. What? Whatever order you want to go in. Doug's over there producing. Hi. Hey, Hi, Doug. So we like to start these off with kind of questions that lead us into what this episode is kind of going to be about. Mm-hmm. So... Like if you were to if you were to sit there and really envision what cartoon character you were going to be, what do you think? What cartoon character would you be? Am I going to be? Yes. Yeah. Like so, if 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 you were going to be any cartoon character, who would you be? Oh boy, it's kind of a tough question. We don't hold punches here. Huh. Pull punches. Is that what the train is saying is? Yeah. What was the uh, guy on Bugs Bunny that used to shoot people? Elmer. <laughs> <laughs> He I thought he was to, like a cowboy. He used to shoot the rabbit. Yosemite Sam? Yosemite yeah, Sam. Yeah, I think that's that's what came to my mind, and I'm going with that. Okay. Yosemite yeah. Sam. Okay. I yeah. think I asked somebody earlier, and I thought Tasmanian Devil. First, I was like, Tasmanian Devil mm. was a sweet oh, character. That's my girlfriend. <laughs> 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 that was really her nickname years ago. No way. That's oh. funny. <laughs> yeah. See, it's like the universe is aligning for this conversation to happen right now. Uh-huh. Another great way that the universe aligns. Mm-hmm. So let's say it's a would you rather question. Would you rather spend 365 days, a calendar year, in county jail? We've all been to jail before. Good times. That's Debbie. So a 365. I've been to a jail before. That's not the As same a visitor? Thing. Yeah, that's not the same thing. Yes. It's, it's much easier to go in when you know you're going to come back out. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, I don't doubt that at all. So, would you rather spend 365 days calendar year in county jail, or spend t- or experience 10 years in prison, but only one second goes by in your actual life? So you'll blink your eyes and you'll experience oh, 10 years, but you this only is actually a really spend. Really involved. Yeah. Question. Well, this is casting light. So. Yeah, they did a movie, a, a movie kind of like this. <sighs> You're recently. the only person that's seen the. That's and it seen was a trippy movie. Other life. I, I forgot the name it was, of it, but they, they had drips you put into their eyes. Yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah, and really only a few seconds went by, but yeah. they were experiencing years, and they had to just sit there and watch a clock. Yeah, in a little room. Yes, that's. Oh, but that could cause psychological movie. damage to people, even though it's only a f- five seconds. So, but I'd rather take the year in county because I'm too. convinced if I believed ten years was rolling by in prison, I mean you're aware that it's. You're aware, you're aware the whole time that this is actually only one second in real life. Yeah. I don't know why I argue for the side that I want. Like, no, you're wrong for your answer. But it still feels like 10 years. Yeah. But think yeah, of all the books you could even read. Even if you know. Yeah, but you're in prison. That's a good point, though. You're still getting, you're, well, no, you're, you're still able to experience more time. The, the, best, the best argument against the 10 years I've heard is you would blink your eyes and wake up a different person. Yeah. You'd be 10 years older. It's like 51st dates. But worse. Yeah. <laughs> or Paycheck. Oh, so you still Paycheck's take... Paycheck's a good movie, too. No. I've this never is movie seen talk. that movie. Uh, ben Affleck? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So So you still take the 10 years with you. Yes, it's not like you're... Yes, it's not Paycheck. You you're really not erasing did. your memory. Basically, just slow time. Real slow yeah. time down. Yeah. It's basically like yeah, Inception, a lot but of books, a good man. movie. You could, but still, like... Study for the MCAT. You would be experiencing <laughs> that 10 years. I don't know. I feel like that, that 10 years would be rough. Well, I've never been to prison, but I have a lot of friends that have been there, and they said it's not as bad as county. Right. I, I couldn't no, imagine I spending too. a county yeah. year in jail. I, no. I, 
there was one of the times I was in jail in Shiawassee County, one of the a guy there like freaked out because they're like, a year in county jail. And he was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And it's like, you're going to, like, <laughs> you're not going. Right. You're like, yeah. You're in the courthouse. There's, yeah, you're literally there's not going nothing anywhere. Nothing you can do. Yeah. yeah. See, the thing about jail, it's only tough the first time. After you've been a couple of times, you get used to it. And uh-huh. It gets I easier, as crazy that. as that sounds. Not not in Ingham. You start making friends in there with <laughs> the deputies. Hey, man, how you doing? <laughs> it depends what. See, have you been to Kent County? No. Okay. I've heard Kent County is a nice, beautiful jail. <laughs> Candyland. <laughs> Ingham, Ingham County, they shut down their jail. They had like two wings underwater. Jeez. Don't fact, don't fact check me on that, but they, they did have a bunch of things closed down. It was a terrible prison. Jail. Jail. Anyway, so Nick, speaking of jail, what was your experience? Oh, man, it, it does suck. Um, <laughs> but That's there the most was, there, mild description. Yeah, it does know, suck, right? man. It's not supposed to be good. I remember, uh, yeah, there being a lot of MRSA, staph infections in the jail, a lot of people uh. detoxing, including myself. Um, but I, I remember midway through my addiction, I started feeling better in jail than mm. I did when I was in the world because I'd go to jail and I could get clean mm. and sober and get the drugs and liquor out of me. And after about 30 days, I started feeling good again. I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to get out of jail and I am not drinking. I am not drugging. And within five minutes of getting let out, the monster was waiting for me outside. And I was right to the liquor store. I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to catch a life sentence in order to die sober, was what I believed back then. It's um, it's funny, though, because there's, there's, this, there's this peak when it comes to people going into jail. And I agree. When I went into detoxing jail, it was always easier because mentally I knew I wasn't Couldn't get it. So, like, it was purely yeah. the physical. My mental aspect of it tended to, to calm down, short of me never being able to sleep and jail cots concrete slabs whatever you want to call them or not still sucks it's it's terrible uh but there's this like peak of like all right you get in there just like oh i just wish i was out i just wish i was out and then you're in there for a little bit start feeling better not it's you're not quite close to your release date so you're like man you know what i'm just gonna really start reading the bible some more you know (laughs) i'm gonna really start praying i'm gonna really you know what i'm gonna turn my life around and then those weeks start getting closer and you're like maybe (laughs) I mean, maybe I might turn around like, you know, I don't need to read. I don't need to do this today. And then like the day gets out and you're like, Ooh, party time. Like, okay. Like totally forgot. But that's like how, how addictive behavior is that to just yeah. completely forget where it's like, oh yeah, that really sucked. But like, doesn't suck now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's your been, your experience with jail, Debbie? <laughs> yeah. You said you've been a yeah. couple few times. Uh, um, well, I heard have... those, heard those bars clink it's a really guys throwing up all over themselves (laughs) (laughs) detoxing so i probably should say that it was like a historic jail oh alcatraz or something no i wish i want to go really bad that would be so cool i don't think can you visit that anymore i think think they reopened it didn't they did they i know nicholas cage did a movie there once (laughs) the rock seen it great movie is it he was a biochemist you've never seen the rock Mm -mm. me either it has Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible invitation. Well, I'm not Sean. No one can. Anyways. It's so fine. so you've been to jail. You looked at a jail once. 
Yeah, I don't really have any experience with what, jail at all. So having no experience with jail, what would your views on incarceration be in general? Like how, like the this... Oh, Doug's, Ooh, Doug's teeing up over there. <laughs> we're getting into some real deep territory here. Well, I mean... I'm just curious. From a clinical background, what would you kind of... Thanks I'm for gonna, that. I'm going to bury that joke in the ground. Yeah, you are. Okay. Um, Sorry, buried. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It was buried now like you're just five seasons beating ago. It dead. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big problems... To your point, right? Like, you're going in and you're... Like, why... I don't understand... I guess why there aren't more emphasis or more like resources put into talking to people who are like you're in there forcibly getting like clean or like at least feeling better and forcibly getting clean. Well, I like you that. are. I mean, I know, you're like, locked in against our will, right? Yeah. Like you can't get out. So, like, what if we did have an emphasis on actually using that time for something productive? Not just like throwing random books at people, like, you know, whether it's the Bible or anything else, like some actual, like, help and like resources into helping people create some That sort sounds of gross. <laughs> well, like, so I'm a big fan of like true crime content. So I consume a lot of like, you know, murder stories and everything okay. and one of the things that comes up a lot is like we have we have a system especially in our country and society of like people going into this system and there's nothing in there to help them stay out of it mm. right like once you go into jail or prison or anything you come out and it's harder to get a job it's harder mm -hmm. to get access to loans and you know it's sure. harder to find a place to live blanket like i was a resource navigator in one of our programs um at my uh the place i worked was helping people who had just come out of prison it's a hard job yeah ryan did that I, my roommate and also right. other life coach here yeah he did and it was the the barriers that are in place are t 10 times more right well, and it's always interesting to me, too, of like, so I used to work with people who had come out of jail for things like not paying their child support. So they couldn't Been pay there. their child support or didn't pay their child yeah. support, whatever. So you throw them in jail where you or they continually can't, can't pay it yeah. again. Like, yeah. You're not making money and now they still can't pay. Like, I don't understand how that makes sense to people. It's broken. So let me tell you why it makes sense. <laughs> okay. I would love to hear this. It doesn't, but I'm just going to sure. give you. From what I remember, though, you can only be jailed for a total of 120, 180? What's three months? 90? 180 days out of a year for mm -hmm. child support warrants. Yeah. Three months at a time. So they expect you to three months. All right. Get your life turned around. In okay. three months? No, that's where you're in jail. You're not doing anything. Oh, okay. You're just being angry. Right, because you're being punished for something. Yeah, I was trying to make this funny, but I, it's sad. <laughs> yeah, it's just sorry sad. I ruined that for you. No, I ruined that myself. It's just, <laughs> I think that's part of like, and I've never, I've never worked directly with like jailed populations or prison populations. I've just worked with people who are trying yeah. to do what they can to get out of this system. And the recidivism rate alone should tell us why this doesn't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like well, It's kind of like a crime school too to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, they go in there and meet more connections. Um, but I, 
I remember a couple of times I was given the option to go to jail or treatment, which was kind of nice. And I feel mm-hmm. like we are starting to wake up and realize uh, that our judicial system's a little yeah. broken in that area. Like these aren't bad people. Most of them, they're sick. Right. I believe they're sick. Um, and they just need some guidance, but you're punishing them, which yeah. I think compounds the problem. Yeah. Um, at least that's how I felt when I went to jail. You know, I felt like shit, and then the cops were treating me like shit. Um, and I did want help. I didn't realize I needed a different kind of help that they weren't offering. Yeah. Um, it really made me feel scumbag, low life, piece of shit. But I don't know if I can say that or not. We're going to have to bleep that up, but it's okay. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> I, I, it's okay. I, I will say, though, that certain counties, I feel like, have done a much yeah. better job. And so, like, Kent County. So, in, in Ingham County, where I went, there wasn't sober units. There mm-hmm. wasn't sober living, like, sober units where kind of, like, that was the gist of where it goes. I also think as more people closer in our generation yeah become more influential around policy and stuff like that that hopefully it's it's less of a strike down and more of a like what's going on mm-hmm. yeah um but like speaking of so you spoke of some jail experiences you're not in jail as of this taping um <laughs> so like what could we get a tape in jail just That'd like be pretty recording cool. equipment doing a podcast from I, jail would be pretty cool i have an interview with the inmates I'll Wouldn't work that on be it. awesome? I have a connection. That'd Probably be cool. got some friends anyway. in there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it really could go either way, couldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Doug, we'll talk about this. Okay. <laughs> so, so what? What was the? I mean, how did that go? Like, how how did you get from? Oh, I'm just happy to be in jail because I don't have to run around the streets to. Well, here I was given the opportunity to go to treatment early on in, uh, in my addiction. This is probably in about 2009. And I was really trying hard to uh, go to treatment, you know, and live healthy when I got out. But I just, I wasn't done at the time. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, uh, to be totally honest here, I was still using and drinking while in treatment. You know, I got hooked up with the wrong crowd. I think I was 24 at the time. Um, I knew I couldn't do heroin and smoke crack, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, hey, I'm still going to drink. Isn't, that, I can isn't handle, that great how I we can, can handle that? alcohol? <laughs> you know? It's legal. <laughs> yeah, it's legal. I mean, Everyone it, does it. Um, and, and I drank the day I got out of treatment and I took some Vicodins too, the, the same night. And I ended up getting sick, throwing up. Also legal. Um, <laughs> Classic yeah. addict behavior. Depending uh, on yeah. whose prescription you're taking. Well, I, in my mind, I, I wanted to celebrate an accomplishment, you know, and I had a yeah. little bit of sobriety and I celebrated it by ending it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think there was anything Ooh. wrong with that kind of thinking. And I look back at it with mm-hmm. today's perspective. I'm like, man, you were screwed up, Nick. You know, and then by the time I hit about 26, 27, 28, every time I was in front of a judge, they're like, you're not a candidate for probation, for rehab, nothing. You're going right to jail. Like, come because on. things kind of started on, am- on, bro. See, amplifying. <laughs> this is them. where it gets really interesting to me because that logic, the judge's logic, is the exact same thing as you celebrating your sobriety with using. Mm-hmm. Like it for me, that's it's the same thing. Like. Well, clearly you've gone back, so you're not a candidate for yeah. any kind of rehabilitation or treatment or anything, just straight to jail. Yeah. You know, like, that's where they lose me. <laughs> See, but the, so there are, 
a few different courts or at least uh yeah recovery court at mm-hmm. least in kent county right now that are yeah. that are kind of like really taking a refreshing look at something being like what we're doing isn't working what yeah. if we did it this way but on the same side it's also very difficult to how do you catch how do you find a population that's done see that's yeah. what's so tricky about this because like, 90 five percent of people don't want this even though they think they do like mm -hmm. i used to think i did i wasn't ready to do the work until the pain got so bad i'm like i'll do anything yeah you know i would have uh, became a preacher you know i was willing to do anything because i was hurting so bad inside and uh i guess that's why they call it a gift you know that pain that we suffer and are finally able to come in and do some work and kind of live our way into right thinking, as they say. Yeah. You know, and my mind functions very different today. And I never thought my mind would operate the way it does. There's still some crazy stuff that yeah. goes on in there, but nowhere near like it did years ago. Um, and that's probably one of the greatest gifts of recovery, you know, like long-term recovery. Um but God, getting here <laughs> takes so much work. Yeah. Like I had to ignore my mind for the first two years of recovery. Every thought, every desire, everything I wanted to say to people, I had to ignore it, which was hard because we're all selfish. I mean, you are, but it's... <laughs> no, I, I I was working with a guy today and I heard that that same idea of just like, this is how I feel, this is how I think that's going to be it. Like, and not realizing that these things are not concrete ideas. Right. Like, we very much, our identity is fluid. Our thoughts mm -hmm. are fluid. We we have agency over, like, where our minds go. And at some point, yes, like, we all have, we all have those crazy things. And some people might come in a little harder than others. But at the end of the day, if, like, that's one of the main reasons I got rid of a lot of social media was just, it made me have a negative image of people it made yeah. me have a like i didn't want to have all these outside inputs go into who i am because that's that affects how i think that affects yeah, it how programs I your world. mind yeah and so to like in recovery that's why they always say like be around a lot of people go to a lot of meetings if that's the way you do it do whatever you do i do things bigger i don't do them at all yeah so like yeah. surround yourself with people that are going to give you good input so that hopefully one day i don't immediately yeah i'll sell my car <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a good idea yeah, like, yeah. of course and really because for me it wasn't even like a i i trained myself at an early age to not think about consequences i or, or i remember being like man i don't want to be on this car ride it's going to be so long and i'd always tell myself well it'll be over at some point everything will be over at some point mm -hmm. mm. like or if i was going to do something and i was like ah, maybe what if i get in trouble like just don't don't go that far like, I want to do this and stop right there <laughs> and then just do it mm -hmm. and then deal with the consequences after. And like you do that for 10 years, that's how you think. Yeah. And you have, you have to kind of, um, what did they do for cult survivors? Deprogram, deprogramming. Mm -hmm. You have to deprogram. Like I was that in takes a, years. I was in a cult and it was drugs. <laughs> that's a great sound bite right there right there that's the one it is interesting too like it's such a balancing act because as you're talking about like you stopped there so 
I personally went the other way of like thinking way too hard on the consequences yeah. and like way overthinking and like running way past yeah. and like not ever making decisions. Like making decisions is so hard still sometimes yeah. <laughs> because I just think way too much of like all of the choices I'm giving up by making that one or, you know, like, well, what I was talking to one of my friends today about getting their hair cut and they're like, but what if I hate it? And that's the just overwhelming of like, what if I don't like it? And then I'm stuck with it. I'm like, well, what well, if you do grows. those? Well, yeah. How often do you look at your hair? This is for another podcast. <laughs> A lot. No, it's, I like that though, because yeah. so for the same thing of, it takes a lot of work, even when you're struggling, even even people that are failing and struggling, it takes a lot of work to survive. It took a lot of work for yeah. me to survive. It took a lot of work for everybody in this room to survive. Mm -hmm. And like my superpower, if you will, or an ability of mine was to action. I do things. I'm a doer. I don't like if you need something done, like I'll get it done. I don't know how I'll get it done, but I'm just going to start moving until I get it done. You are the opposite. Yeah. And like, but we all kind of bring, we find our center. Uh -huh. we, we find where those things, because I can't run the world if I'm just like, I'm just going to do things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you'll never get anything done. Nope. And I'll break things. <laughs> and Nick. Mm? <laughs> I don't know where you fell on the spectrum. I but. don't. It is a I, uh, I'm not a procrastinator anymore. I uh, am pretty busy and get stuff done, too. Nice. You know? That's good. But I used to be a big procrastinator. And now I'm worried that if I push it to the side and wait till tomorrow, I'll forget about it. So I'm kind of obsessive about getting things done now. Does that you ever know? go too far in the other direction, though? Uh, yeah, because yeah. I can kind of tune things out in my life. Like yeah. with my schoolwork, Jada says I get into this tunnel vision, laser focus, and I just forget about everything, and I don't stop until yeah. it's done. I wish I could do you that. Know? <laughs> um, and I, I suppose it has its pros and cons, kind of yeah. like yeah. Doug was alluding to. Yeah. And it's it takes a lot to balance. Um, well, that's what it is now. It's just constantly a balancing act. Yeah. Like it's either I was like... It took me, we were talking about deprogramming, it took me a long time to move past, like, this just black and white binary thinking of everything. Of just yeah. like, okay, it's like, I'm either going to absolutely do nothing, or it's like complete analysis paralysis. Yeah. And Two extremes. Yeah, you know, and, you know, God forbid there's any sort of room for nuance in my life now. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, Gray area, it's getting what? a lot better, though. Yeah. I mean, that's the interesting thing about getting sober, though, is that, like, yes... The tools that I have now were very helpful in immediately getting me out of the, you know, horrible internal situation that I was in. But now those tools are there to help me deal with just life mm -hmm. and life's terms, which is, you know. Well, I think it's so a lot of I I don't I won't ever say that I necessarily like hate drugs or drugs and alcohol save my life. I don't a hate lot, them a lot of times. Yeah. And I don't necessarily it. I just think that gets lost sometimes of. Mm -hmm they worked when i needed them to totally. it's just they worked a little too well yeah <laughs> right and it yeah. got carried away in the same way that you know we all have that obsessiveness where it's they stopped like, working you know yeah heroin turned on you really oh. ever I guess that's <laughs> no, the heroin turned on me man I, it, right after i would boot man i would feel even worse and it was like the effects dope. were revert man <laughs> no, i'm just kidding no no, no. <laughs> i i will say there was but the moments of 
numbness became shorter and shorter and shorter because I remember at a time towards the end I I would consciously feel my emotions and the thoughts and the the struggles come up and I'd be and I would literally tell myself out loud I cannot feel this mm-hmm. go you need to figure out how to how to numb this right now mm-hmm. like that window got shorter and shorter and shorter and then I saw people that went kind of they're there's a line, at least I see, where people fully accept that that's their life or that they just don't want another life. Like mm-hmm. my yeah. my friend, I remember just high in his room and he's in jail now, probably about to do some prison time. And I remember he's like, Danny, you have no idea how lucky you are that you want something different. Mm. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I mean, and re- now I wanted to be like, no, I'm just as sad as you. But yeah. I was like, that's true. Mm-hmm. I, I always, I was like, I don't want this, but I don't know anything else. And yeah. then you have people that are like, no, 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 no. I want this. I, I did genuinely want something different for quite a while before I actually made the decision to get sober. Um, I do know that, like, I knew from a really young age that I did not drink like normal people. That I did not use like normal people. Um and when the consequences started racking up, I, I, I could see people who were sober and had something that I wanted. I knew I wanted something different, but like you said, I didn't know how to, how to begin to get that. I thought, and I always thought it was just like, oh, I, I guess I'll just go to rehab and magically, that's what people do. You know, you mm-hmm. go to treatment and, and then they just get better. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't know that you had to actually take action and, and stuff like For that. For the rest of our life. Yeah. I wish I could. I always laugh about that. So, like, we have uh, uh, consent to treatment forms. I signed mm-hmm. one. It was like, you know, like, this is a voluntary treatment, yada, yada, yada. Like, there's no guarantees. And I, I love that I can make that crappy joke of just, like, <laughs> if there was, I'd be a rich man, huh? <laughs> but it's like, wouldn't, it, wouldn't I be, though? Like, it's, oh, yeah. that's not what it is. You're looking at me funny. What's dog. the joke? So... So on our consent and release uh-huh. forms, like consent to treatment, it's like this uh-huh. is a voluntary program. You can yeah, do whatever yeah. you want. There is no guarantees in the services that we offer. And it's always just like, <laughs> if there was, I'd be uh, a rich uh, man. Right, huh? right, right. Yeah. And anyways, let's move if on. If you could guarantee. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It was interesting. <laughs> as you're talking about numbness. Uh, so I shared on a previous episode that I was going back to therapy. Um, and I met with my therapist for the first time. And we were talking about, thank you. That's cool. Yeah. I feel really good about it. Um, And numbness is part of why. So um, I grew up in an abusive household. Like there was just a lot. And I can remember dissociating being my like drug of choice, if you will, like just separating from my life and my body and everything else. So I became numb and that was effective. It helped yeah. me survive an unmanageable situation. Like I couldn't get out. I was a kid, mm-hmm. but that allowed me to survive that. Yeah. But when it shows up in my life now, which is what's been happening for the last probably year, I've been finding dissociation showing up again in that numbness. I hate it now. It doesn't work in the way that it used to. I don't need it to survive anymore. And figuring out how to 
unlearn that yeah like unprogrammed mechanism coping skill that's what's so hard about when we teach our brain something it doesn't want to let go of it right well it can't um, unlearn anything especially something that worked right i know i and had a therapist uh, right. say the same thing to me too nick you're still applying coping mechanisms that you learned when you were seven years old yeah. and now you're in your 30s you don't need these coping skills anymore right. you know there's other ways of handling um, challenges and difficulties, which I, I'm still learning, <laughs> you know. It's, and those coping skills that we learn at that age too, it's not, those are, those are viewed as, they're not a coat, those are survival skills. Those yeah. are, those were done for not so I don't, oh, I stubbed my toe. I don't, I, yeah, yeah, no, it's, I do this so I survive. Everything yeah. is, it's, it's turned to 11. Everything's big. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting how they still show up. Mm -hmm. Like, the same idea of core beliefs like uh mm -hmm. default behaviors survival mechanisms all these stuff it just it finds a way yeah same thing with addiction same thing with the, like all these things it's it might not be the same flavor but it's still ice cream mm -hmm. <laughs> well and if it works you're gonna keep doing <laughs> this got done twice great. <laughs> well if the brain is so intelligent how come it's not aware of this oh this is a great question you and know? if i knew the answer to that i would be a rich, would be a man. rich man yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you for i mean with some things me. it's yeah. ultra intelligent and then yeah. with other things um you know still like a, a dumb animal in there oh yeah i, I think you a know? majority of that stuff comes down to like if you were to go back to the older part of the brain where it's not yeah. a conscious decision, brain. it's yeah. it, it, they're they're not thoughts, they're instincts, they're mm -hmm. reactions, they're actions. It's it's yeah. not really like a, I do this because of this. It's a, if this happens, I do this. Yeah, well, that's the important distinction between a coping skill and a survival instinct. So if you learn something to survive that lives in a part of your brain that doesn't doesn't um doesn't pause mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like this is life or death you know like one thing i talk about a lot of the guys that i work with um the is, amygdala well yeah but i don't <laughs> use that word um <laughs> I was, i'm hoping to get an amygdalobotomy oh, to turn man. the fear off <laughs> That, you might not like that as much as you think. No, I know. Nick, I'm kidding. Fearless. <laughs> well, I don't think you'll feel any emotion, though. Fearless Nick. <laughs> well, lack of fear actually becomes really dangerous. There was a guy that they studied in the yeah, 1900s. You wouldn't be scared of it, though. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> there was a, a guy point. that had, he had like right. a railroad spike or like I remember, a, yeah. Yeah, like a, what's that? The bar. Rebar. Thank you. Rebar. It went through his head and it took through out his Through his prefrontal his cortex, yeah. I thought. And his personality yeah, he turned didn't change in, he turned immediately, but yeah. over the years, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you lose the ability to have fear, you're not worried about the way people think about you anymore. How freeing. I know, in right? Sense. That is freedom. Yeah. Sounds pretty cool. Uh -huh. It does. Well, you so can rail, railroads. Where, where exactly did this spike go through? <laughs> well, let's get the exact degree. No, but it... Yeah, anyways, uh, amygdala lobotomy. Yeah, I know, right? Well, it's just reminding yourself that some of these things, like you're not actually going to die. Yeah. And that part of your brain doesn't know that. It doesn't know the difference between something that yeah. is actually life-threatening or something that just feels scary. Yeah. Like your brains are dumb Yeah. yeah in a lot really, of ways. They're really dumb. Mm -hmm. I like the, the simple practice of, and I think this is something I lost through addiction is, 
stopping mm. for five seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just taking a breath. Yeah. And just even even when it comes to saying something back to somebody quickly, yeah. how so many things in my life was condensed down to a quarter of a second. So I was just mm-hmm. all day long. And being able to step back and be like, like, oh, I, I have this thought multiple times a day. I'll be like, why do I feel so anxious? And then I'll kind of go through my day and like, it's a good day. And then I'm fine. But yeah. like there was some existential dread for a little bit that if I didn't stop and be like, no, that that is good. Like, no, I know that's got it. And like I go through my little checklist like, oh, I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And then that settles down. But if I didn't know how to do that, if I didn't have the space to say, wait, like I would never experience that. And it's so easy to, oh, that's just a, a snowball that falls, rolls. I think one of the, the big revelations was like, was being able to notice that when I'm in that reactive mode, just be like, is it going to kill me to not have this issue resolved at this very moment? You know, can I wait 24 hours? Can I wait 20 minutes? Yeah, you know? life's going to go on. Yeah. Is it, do I, why is it that I have to figure this out right yeah. now? You know, and I don't have to. It can get crazy in there, though. Oh, like, yeah. I need oh, to yeah. solve this now. Well, I, and I've never had evidence before that it's that I'm not going to die, literally, because yeah. that is what my brain is thinking. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. talking about it being a dumb animal. Like, <laughs> um, I'm not going to die if I don't figure this out right now. So mm-hmm. it's, I feel like that gets tossed around a lot, though, too, of like, oh, it turns from, you know, shelter, food, sex, and whatever, like, as our, mm. and like, yeah. oh, but the drug goes above, like, the drug or alcohol goes above life. The conscious thought is not, if yeah. I don't get this, I will die. But the overwhelming sense of anxiety and yeah. dread, right. your your physical reaction is that of fight or flight. Someone dying, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, oh, that that's probably one of the greatest gifts I've gotten from sobriety is like, I can just lay down at night, short of right now, because I don't have an AC unit. It's oh, so freaking hot and i can't sleep (laughs) but in winter like a baby nice like a baby no i think that's important i do i think that is one thing especially for like for anybody who's listening or watching or whatever that maybe i know i talk with my hands this is this is a audio uh audio audio medium? medium yeah yeah so you don't have to do that go ahead debbie there is also a video camera facing oh So anyway, for anybody who loves somebody who's in addiction or has been in addiction and and you're struggling to understand that concept, like it isn't conscious. Yeah. It it becomes part of that subconscious, the the lizard brain, the 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 part that is dumb, that doesn't think, that doesn't understand, like and I think that's part of where like the punishment model doesn't work for this kind of thing. And mm-hmm. to your point, we are figuring this out. Like yeah. drug courts, recovery courts, these kinds of things are starting to happen because we now understand that like the threat of going to jail does not help you when you're shaking from withdrawal. Are you telling me that consequences min- that mean nothing? <laughs> and, and, and they and, don't. And minimum sentences are a tomfoolery. <laughs> it's complete complete shenanigans yeah never i i'm pretty sure i'm gonna stop before i make a bad comment no it's just (laughs) like the whole idea of 
well, I might go to prison or I might lose my family or I might like that doesn't that doesn't fix this problem of I feel like I'm going to die and my brain thinks I'm going to die mm-hmm. if I don't get what I need. And I, I think that's one thing that like as I have not personally struggled with addiction, um, but loving people who have and being around people who have and talking to people who have. I think that was one of the most complicated things to understand and also the freeing, I guess, in a way. Like it allowed me to let go of all of these like stupid things that people say about people in addiction, like the whole it's a choice argument and everything. Like understanding that your body and brain think you're about to die and what would you do to make sure you don't die what would you do to make sure you survive drugs i mean (laughs) you know like and i think people that's that's the thing people don't understand also accurate information to young people Uh, might might help i mean so like the dangers of heroin (laughs) well like dare They brought it back. The D.A.R.E. program. Yeah, yeah they really did. Well, so it's just the same thing with... So in my one of my papers that I had to write for one of my classes was the, the difference between comprehensive sexual education and, abs- mm. and abstinence-only education. Look, drugs are in the world. They're yeah. going to be in the world. Mm-hmm. They're always going to be in the world. They're also fun. They're also and fun. And people are going to do them. And yeah. they work. Yeah. They, yeah. So, but this idea of let's just put this curtain and like, oh no, it's they're terrible. They're they're terrible. Are you kidding me? See, like, I, I they thought are, they all lied to me the first time I yeah, did well, real exactly. narcotics. I'm like, they're all liars exactly. and they're exactly. missing out. Well, and I I heard these stories of like, like oh you're gonna take a Vicodin and you're gonna sit there watching like the trees all slow and I was like that sounds awesome. Yeah. And then I took a Vicodin and I was like nothing happened. This is stupid. Yeah. And then I was just like, well I wonder what. The, there's there's not accurate information this, and people are going to do things i don't understand why we have this idea of let's just demonize all these things every single illicit drug at one point was legal, legal and yeah. prescribed mm-hmm. because they worked or just handed out in coke bottles like candy like candy it was candy. cough syrup originally actually i'm not going to get into the history of I'll, br- I'll break oh no i was never mind i was talking about um like opium and morphine back in the oh, day mm-hmm. also that yeah but the idea that but what a scary concept is mm-hmm. that to introduce truth and reality to young people and i have a daughter growing up and i i don't know like i think i have a unique perspective on it i'm extremely fortunate that her mother is as strong of a woman as she is and like i'm very very grateful for that and it's easy for me to say a lot of things having such an outside perspective. But at the end of the day, now mind you, I don't think anything would have changed for me. Mm-hmm. Um, all my friends would like, oh, do you ever do heroin? And I'd be like, oh, no, never do that. And I was like, I would totally do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that was my thing. And I was, I was, I was searching for something. Mm-hmm. And I found it. But I think that goes along with like, if if we actually admitted that the problem isn't substances or alcohol or drugs or whatever, if we admitted that the actual problem is that people are hurting 
and that they actually need help, then we could do that. But it would take an overhaul in, in both ways because you can't say no without saying yes. Like you can't tell somebody, no, don't do this without giving them something better. We can brave new world it. <laughs> I never, I never read it. Are you serious? I haven't either. But they have Soma Sundays in that book. They have what? Soma Sunday. So basically, the whole premise of the book is that they use pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. to numb the population. Mm-hmm. And but they have, but they put it in everything. Like they have like Soma Pop and. Oh, yeah, that could happen one day. Have though. you not read the book? I've read parts of it. Was that uh, or it's Orwell? Like one George Orwell. Is that Huxley, New World? I think. Eldest, that that was 1984. Huxley. Okay. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Doug. <sighs> Doug's. I know other things. I read the book, but I guess I know who wrote it. So I know. I don't even know who wrote it. But anyways, I'm up on my dystopian authors. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that like you have you would have to admit that they work and acknowledge why they work and what people are using them for. And I don't know that that's a conversation we're quite ready to have. Are we? Are we? I think we're solving addiction right now, guys. Mm. Well, it's isn't it interesting how, like, in high school, like, I, I, like, we were kind of the last generation where weed was super illegal, you know? I know. These kids and, don't even know. And <laughs> it was like, so I would go over to the dealer's house to get weed, and he had cocaine and Xanax and all sorts of other stuff, and, like, that's that was my gateway to that. And it was actually much harder for me to get alcohol in high school. Oh, yeah. That was hard. Yeah, yeah. That, that was my nice story, That was the too. hardest thing for me to get. And I'm an alcoholic. the drugs you want. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I had a dealer sell me heroin all day long at 18, 19 years yeah. old. Didn't know where to get alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People just want to get high. You know, I didn't even think I was in a lot of pain when I first started in high no, school. When I started with the Vicodins, yeah. I felt like I was a pretty normal person. Mm-hmm. And then this thing just progressed, you know, and I feel like a lot of my pain I did pick up throughout the addiction, you know, which I started working out in recovery. But, uh, God, I felt better. <laughs> and I can't explain why. And I had some friends that would just take pills once in a while or do coke once in a while and now they all have families and mortgages they're crazier than we are Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think drugs did what they were supposed to do to uh, to us yeah Yeah. you know i uh don't understand how somebody can just do coke once in a while and still pay pay their boat payment pay for their homes go home to their families like if it makes you feel good how do you not want it all the time well, like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I think that's evidence in and of itself that there's something fundamentally differently with wired us. with our yeah. brains, with people like us. Yeah, you know once I mean? in a while on the holidays, I'll watch my mom baby a, a, a mixed drink, and it reinforces how different I am yeah, exactly. than her. Well, I think about this, too, a lot where I'm like, you know, the people who can just have a couple. And to me, the idea of me just getting a little high or getting a little bit of a buzz on you know what i mean (laughs) sounds much more infuriating than just being sober (laughs) like like that just sounds like such a frustrating existence so Uh i just fundamentally uh do not understand that you know no if i'm it's like i want i'm either again all or nothing yeah like i don't understand a moderation also never on i've never (laughs) i knew i had a i knew a guy that would shoot dope like twice a year how's he doing now though 
fine as far as i know really? like he he literally only shoot would shoot dope like once or twice a year would overdose every time would have to narcan him every time and then i'd be like what are you doing dude and he would just be like uh, and then he went on with his life i don't know he could be dead from now for all i know but like it's just a i never understood it's like yeah dude that feels good doesn't it do you want to feel that way all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, someone will be like that's not a good idea and be like Probably not. Yeah. But Oh, and that's what drugs do to to me at least is they they change the way I think. They even change what I believed about the world I lived in. And totally. I didn't know that until um, you know, I had a few years of sobriety, how they changed what I thought. Uh, but prior to recovery, I believed it was me thinking. I didn't realize that thought is kinda autonomic. You know, they call it conscious thought, but I don't think it um, is logical all the time. And I don't think I'm in here controlling my thinker either. That was kind of a little paradigm shift I experienced uh, at about two years sober that there's just thought, just like there's the mm-hmm. uh, heartbeat. I don't control my heartbeat. I don't control my digestive tract, um, you know, my temperature of my body. Uh, but the vast I, majority of all of our functions we have no control ex- over. None of yeah. it, you know, yeah. including my thoughts. Have you ever forgot, like, have, <laughs> have you ever had those moments where you, like, you can't remember how to swallow? <laughs> I don't think so. No? <laughs> it's not that I forget how, it's just that I forget to do it sometimes. There, there's been times where, like, I mean, I was under the influence of something, but I'd generally be mm. like, like I can't. Yeah, that's like, uh, like on acid before. That's like, like, uh, just yeah. where you're just like, I don't like, I can't, like. That's a motor cortex problem, man. <laughs> There's a lot, there a lot well, of cortex or, problems. Or it's like, or it's like you become you become aware of your breathing, mm. and it's yeah. like, do I have to do this all the time? I don't understand. Do you know that? Do you know that dolphins have to consciously make the decision to breathe? How do they know that? I have no idea, but I read that somewhere. <laughs> Who asked them? I don't know. I mean, there's a... Well, don't they... They breathe through their blowhole, right? A dolphin? <laughs> well, they have to surface, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, so they have to hold their breath. To be something of a conscious. I mean, that makes sense. I would no, like right? to speak to marine biology. Can someone email us? Well, that's, I think we've talked about cats and physics before, right? Yeah, we have. Schrodinger's yeah, cat? For sure. No, so like, like no, there's not really... not that one. So if you hold a cat We're upside down... smart. And... Anyway, so if you hold the cat upside down, thank you. Can you put your hands out like this, Nick? And then drop the cat. Doug, Doug. thank you. So if you put your hands out like this, I think it's two inches and you like let go of a cat, it'll twist and land on its feet. Two two inches or half inch or something like that. Yeah. And like in physics, that shouldn't be possible. There's Mm -hmm. no, there's, there's no like angular momentum for a cat to, there's nothing to push off of for a cat to twist that fast. Oh, okay. And dolphins choose to breathe. Hmm. Interesting. Science. And bumblebees fly. We don't know how they do that either. Those are actually uh, cameras. <laughs> little drones. Oh, yeah, you Birds are on that, really on that conspiracy yeah. theory. Yeah. I can get behind that one. Birds oh, are. Yeah. That birds are drones? Bees. And bees are cameras. <laughs> they, got in- they got insect drones now coming bees. over here from Russia. <laughs> they fly across the Atlantic. Conspiracy corner. <laughs> yeah. We made it back. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. About Conspiracy Corner? Yeah, it's always a fun. I mean, in general, too, but I mean, I do like Conspiracy Corner. 
I don't necessarily think that's the business, point of this. Business conspiracies. No. Planned obsolescence. Sure. That's a good real conspiracy. I haven't heard that one. Uh, like how... Things are planned to fail? Yeah. Right. It's how, how like light bulbs used to be yes. able to work forever and I have now they that, don't. Yeah. You know? That's not actually a conspiracy. That's actually a fact. I know it's because you turn... Well... No, the, the the light bulb, the uh, conglomerate of people that got together mm-hmm. to create. Yeah, well, that's no, that's fact. what I, I. Well, a conspiracy. All it means is that it's a group of people colluding to do something. They is really it, is mess cons- with light bulbs. Yeah. There's a big light. They don't bulb. want them to last forever. There is a big <gasps> drop where it got insanely high, and the four like top four light bulb manufacturers got together and they made. A, it, there's basically a treaty between them of this is how long light bulbs will last. Does it if if it's true? Is it can it still be considered a conspiracy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can. There's a conspiracy to commit murder. It's still true. It's just a group of people coming together to plan that. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a conspiracy theory is one that just hasn't been proven. It's just a theory. It, it's it just doesn't. It's not. It doesn't have to be this big scary word. You're you know responding what I mean? to the we way live in that a world that's where conspiracies ah! are conceptualized. <laughs> <laughs> Well, conspiracy theory now, like there are so many crazy ones. It's such a loaded that, term like, now. You know, yeah. it's become one of those that's terms fair. that's like, it means things that it didn't always mean. Do people, I mean, are there, is war profiteering real? You know? Yes. Yeah. I'm still kind of messed up about this big light bulb thing. Because I didn't Seriously? know yeah, that. That's, that's yeah. yeah, it's not on a General about... Electric's webpage, no. though, right? I've never you heard know? this. We purposely designed be. these to last 300 hours, and that's it. I think it's, and they actually, they fine each other if they if they have light bulbs that go over no, that allotted amount of time. Yeah. Wow. Doesn't surprise so me. Much for the free Same market. thing with why they're not curing any diseases, man. They could make so much more money off treating you for life instead yeah. of curing diabetes. It's all about money. And that's why birds aren't real. <laughs> exactly. Do you know about the shaving conspiracy? No. no. Why women shave their legs? Tell me more. Um, the razor company realized that they weren't making enough money or they weren't making as much as they wanted to because only half the population was using razors in the Mm early 1900s. So they started a campaign to market women being hairless as making them cleaner and more attractive. Good idea. And so that's why women hundred percent believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Half most of the things that we have in our society now come from a marketing team somewhere that said you need this and it just became a thing that people do. It's wild. Mm -hmm. Consumerism. But why didn't dare work? Because it's a terrible program. Because drugs and have better marketing than hell dare. yeah. Well, also because it's not <laughs> better they PR didn't campaign. Give accurate information. They tried yeah. to scare kids it's into like, not I doing mean, it. Yeah, when I smoked, you know, when I smoked pot for the first time, and I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. First off, it's not bad and dangerous mm-hmm. or anything like that. And then the second and third time, it's like, oh, this is actually, I get it. Yeah, and then this like the well, and they had pot in the same category as exactly. cocaine, heroin, well, it still is crack. A schedule one yeah. drug so, today. So and I'm like, you're telling me I can yeah. I can handle heroin then if I can handle weed, right? Exactly. It the scheduling of you know that uh, Xanax is schedule four. Why? Because they need to be able to probably write prescriptions for it uh, more readily. They they cracked down a lot on Xanax in the last few years. Yeah, though. unfortunately. <laughs> I always I love still, it. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say I always love it when uh, people talk about how, like, things like the abstinence-only education or of drugs or sex, like, it only works on the people who it would have worked on anyway. Because, right. like, I was already afraid of drugs when I went through Dare, mm. 
I won an award in wow. Dare actually. They had Dare awards. Yeah, we had to do write. Do you still an have essay. it? No, I do. Not. I was like, well, we're going to put that on. We're going to put that on some page. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask my mom if she still has the box of like stuff from middle school. But cool. yeah, I, I did like a. How did you get an award an for Dare? You wrote an essay. Yeah, they spent way more time in well, their didn't school. Didn't they than do I Dare in like fourth and fifth grade? I think kind of. They had a little early start on it. You know, if they'd have yeah. got us in like seventh, eighth grade, maybe they'd have had. Oh, a, I would have been. I, had I, I, would, I would have been flipping it's the bird too late. by seventh, eighth grade. Okay. Yeah. See, I I was I respond no, really I well have. to free T-shirts. So the fact that you could win a free T-shirt if you won the essay contest really worked. You were for getting me. that award, huh? Yeah. You know what was more it. important to me than my health what? and safety and impressing the police officer in front of was fitting in with my peers and mm. not feeling like I was terrified. Mm -hmm. to yeah, I already world. didn't, so I wasn't worried about that. Well, no, that's I also didn't anyways, and and I could take one look around the room and be like, you know what, probably isn't my ticket to friendship. <laughs> Cuddling up next to the police officer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's a cool move. Well, I mean, I think you, you hear a similar story all the time where it's like the people who are the, the crowd that I fell in with, the most accepting people of me yeah. were the... Hmm. You had to be... Society's pariahs, you know, a bunch of rejects. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's interesting you said you were scared of drugs. I felt the same way. I was really? terrified to do drugs. And in about ninth grade is like when the ecstasy and the cocaine came around. And they just kept pushing me to do it. I'm like, man, I don't want to because I was so scared. But the, when I finally tried like real narcotics, it changed everything in there for <laughs> me. You know, and I felt like I was missing out. I should have did this years ago. Yeah. And if there was a more realistic appraisal when you were younger of what, you know, right. what the pros and the cons are of it, you know, we might have a healthier relationship. It's like, in, it's like Europe's youth their relationship with alcohol is fundamentally fundamentally different than the way we treat yeah. it here. Yeah. Know? It's so much more exciting here, like getting to your 21st birthday. Because yeah. we make it into such a thing. Yeah. Like I went over, I actually went to Austria and Germany three months before I turned 21. So I went over there and like, we could all go to the bar. You, I mean, wine was cheaper than water over there. Hmm. You have to pay for water they at restaurants there. They have so many grapes. There. You also have a lot of so grapes. So many grapes. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was cheaper and easier to get, like, any kind of alcohol over there. And it wasn't a big deal at all. Like, I remember the first night that we were all there. Like, all of us were, like, juniors in college. None of us were legally able to drink in the U.S. And we were, like, so weird going into this little, like, grocery store buying wine. Like, we're all giggling like children how old were you and they were she was a child i was 20 child <laughs> i was 20 child. so basically a child yeah. yes because i i went in june and i turned 21 that august okay so like two months later um but it was so like i mean everybody was looking at us and then of course we started talking and they they realized we were americans stupid americans <laughs> they were like Oh, now we understand. Well, in Canada, I think you only got to be 18 because mm -hmm. we used to cross the I Ambassador Bridge and go over there. We'd bring in a bunch of coke and ecstasy across the yeah. international Didn't border. Do Don't do that now. I, I know. I can't believe I used <laughs> so to do bad. that, you know. The 90s were a wild time. Yeah. It didn't help <laughs> anything, though, you know. Yeah. The 90s. Yeah. Tell me about it. I don't think My I can even get color. into Canada. <laughs> I don't think I can legally go there. Yeah, either. I think yeah. if you have even a DUI, they yeah. won't let I've you over there. I haven't what, rolled the what, dice yet. What but... if I have an OWI? 
Yeah, same thing. Do they really not let you in for that? I had read that. I'm pretty sure you can't. Well, and then there's this big recovery convention in 2025. Or is it Vancouver? Man, are they not going to let all people go? What about all the Americans? (laughs) Are we not allowed to go there for this thing? I think I think you'd be able to fly there. I don't think they'd want you to drive. Hmm. Could be. I have no idea, but possibly because I did hear Mm. that you can't go if you have a DUI. Yeah. Well, I think That's you can get them expunged now with the DUIs. I got my felony expunged. Michigan's, I'm working on some misdemeanors right now. Yeah, Michigan's making it a automatic 10-year. At, at 10 years, it automatically, automatically falls off. get expunged, yeah. Oh, I read about it a year ago. I don't know exactly yeah. where the policy ended up landing. Well, well, they're working on the protocol for that right now, and they say it could be a few more years before oh, it falls have. off your record. Hmm. I have a few... I don't have any felonies, but I have, a few, I have a few charges. Can you go to Canada if you have a felony? I don't think so. I would assume not. For what? Anything. Yeah, what's your felony? <laughs> Mine? Uh, oh. Murder? <laughs> Probably grand, tearing a grand, tag off of a mattress. Grand larceny. <laughs> yeah. My favorite charge I've seen so far, I have two. One is safe cracking. Anytime I see safe cracking yeah. on a background, Ooh, I'm, just, I'm, just like, I'm just like, tell me. <laughs> and the other is I've seen somebody with a, like, there's actually a charge for Molotov cocktail. Really? So, Does it yeah. say Molotov cocktail? It says cocktail? Molotov cocktail. Wow. On it's their, not like assault with a deadly weapon Nope, or it says like Molotov cocktail. I was like, no freaking way. And of course, me, I'm just like, that's so cool. That is, that <laughs> Tell is me cool. about that story. Like, yeah. come on, dude. Well, the it is kind of cool listening to some of the war stories oh, in, yeah. in these circles, you know? Yes, I'm just a boy. Would uh-huh. it be safe cracking if you just like... Safe cracking like, is actually... Like you just break into someone's safe, right? <laughs> do you do... Do you I don't put even your know ear if, up to it and yeah. spin the dial? I don't even know if it had, even, I think even if it's unlocked and you go into it. That'd be like, yeah. yeah. Really? So, what yeah. if you're like one in someone's locker or something? It's also, like, if you, know, you I, that probably wouldn't, that would be depending on how much you stole, but I'm assuming it would also be, it would probably be if you went into a gas station and, oh, like, and they like something, there was some lock device that you got, like, I don't know the exact, there's, I once, I was almost going to download the. If they want There's to give you so a felony, many. they'll just give you a felony. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter yeah. what you do. Yeah. Conspiracy corner. Yeah. <laughs> We're back. Yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, Nick, I have <laughs> Daniel. I have a question for you. Yeah. Hopefully, I have an answer. Oh. Ew. Yeah, he's getting serious, <laughs> man. I hate that sound. So yeah, that picked up. <laughs> <laughs> Can you delete that? All right, no, so it's let's kind of say, fascinating. Let's say... Put a trigger warning. You have an show. option. Okay, so would you rather... Okay. Would you rather spend 30 days in a rowboat on the ocean? No, like, no supplies with you. No okay. water? Well, you're in an ocean. So no so water. No water. Drinkable water? Ocean. No, okay. you're just you in a boat. No. Just... Nick in a boat. No. Thirty days, or spend twenty-four hours. The amount of oxygen is taken out of this equation. Twenty-four hours on the top of Mount Everest, not properly dressed. Hmm. You're gonna die in both. It, these it sounds is, that is way. Death out it? of the question here. Is this <laughs> some sort of magical thing, or yeah? Well, Nick on a boat can be something magical if Nick makes it that. 
what, create a desalination plant on my boat so I can drink the ocean water? I mean, if you can do that with nothing but you and a boat. Uh No, so the... I would still pick... Pro- okay, so what would you rather I'd ta- do? I guess I'd you take the say- boat, man. <laughs> you know? You just say this so you can say you're... <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let me tell you why your answer's yeah. stupid, okay? <laughs> I'm going to level with you. Even if being in that boat on the ocean was only five minutes, I would still be on Everest. Okay, thank you. I am terrified of open water. Are you really? 100%. Guaranteed that the boat won't tip over still? No, I'm terrified okay. of being... I'm afraid of being eaten by a whale. Okay, that's I'll just, okay. Yeah. Moby, Moby highly, Dick, it's highly unlikely. It has a name, actually. This fear I've oh, learned. The the last whale phobia. Yes. Whale edibility. Thalassophobia. No. Whale 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 edibility. Jeez, I can't say that. All right, Mount Everest or the ocean? The ocean. No, freaks me out even thinking about it. Once again, I'm gonna die in both of these. See, I don't I don't think that's a guarantee. You can't go 30 days without water. No, but it might rain on. It might rain on Mount Everest. So this this is my last year on Mount Everest. Though your body's preserved. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you have an open gasket. I would rather die in twenty four hours than slowly have heat death on a on a okay, boat. Okay, so for talking about that's true. but how would you rather die on Mount Everest? I'd rather die on Everest. Hundred percent freezing to on Mount Everest. That's how I want to go. Can I finish what? No. On Mount Everest, if the oxygen wasn't a, wasn't a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'd be able to dig yourself into snow because it's going to be not as cold as the outside temperature. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd be able to possibly, you're not like naked or anything. I think you'd be possibly be able to survive for 24 hours. Mm. See that college education's paying 24 off. 24 hours, I think you're right. <laughs> I think if you could find. Right. Like, I, don't, I don't know how much. Are you talking, about the, is, are you talking about on the tippy top of Mount Everest? Well, that's like a ping pong table of death. Really don't you need supply to oxygen this? up there? Oh yeah, you do. No, that, that, that's why the oxygen was taken no out of the equation. You're already making it magical by removing the oxygen part. Well, let's just say this isn't uh, your question. Let's just say let's just say you do you do have oxygen. Yeah, you're not properly dressed, but you have a tank. Yeah, and you're right? all. It, it's not like you're naked. You just don't have polar expedition clothes on. Yeah. Hmm. Freezing to death is definitely how I would want to go. Oh, I would way rather freeze to death than yeah. be like die in the desert. Why? Because at it's within so quicker, and euphoric. Yeah. I feel like it's it'd like be peaceful out on the water. Peaceful, slowly just ah, it's not that bad. <laughs> I've been cold, there before. Cold, you would fall asleep. Well, at some point you'd get warm. You'd feel warm. You'd feel numb. You wouldn't feel the cold, and then you'd just fall asleep. Yeah, hypothermia shuts down your brain functions, so you just slowly go into a coma, and then you die very peacefully. I've heard. Um, Although from people who've been but dead, if it, people are dead. <laughs> you never know. They're just no. I, I know. It's <laughs> yeah, but if it rains on the ocean, man, you can collect back. rainwater and survive. Yes. That's potentially. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're you're betting a lot on random storms in the middle <laughs> I'm of the ocean. Betting my life, man. Yeah. <laughs> For real. So I'll take my chance with a thunderstorm coming <laughs> over the Pacific. All right, so we'll have you back so that <laughs> you can pick the correct answer next time. <laughs> uh, with that being said, thank you for. Thank you for yeah. coming in and yeah. Yeah. messing around with us. Um, Doug, thank you for all the work that you put into this. Uh, Thanks, Debbie, Doug. You're here. I'll have. I'll I was ha- really waiting for you yeah. to say I'll, something semi. I'll, I'll have you do the sign off because you know way more than I do. Thank our sponsors or something. <laughs> oh, so we do have. Can I, say I was going to yeah, yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So, Don't you um, have something to say? Well, not sponsors yet, but so Guiding Light is hosting a 5K October 23rd. 
Um, it's Guiding Lights Strides for Unity 5K. Our hope is mm -hmm. to thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be oh, a Millennium really Park. We're going to have a bunch of uh, community organizations and agencies come out, and it's hopefully going to. Well, it's not hopefully. It's going to be a community mm -hmm. event. Um, foster relationships. It's also going to be a fun 5K. We're going to have food there available for free. Um, we are getting, by the time this actually airs, we'll have information out on our social media. Um, but you can also just Google run sign up guiding light. Sorry, we'll have, we'll have it in the show notes. We'll have show notes. Up. Yeah. If you just it's yeah. actually click up, the description below. Is it show notes? Really yeah. But um, yeah. And then also, if you're interested in sponsoring the event, um, reach out in some capacity and, and we'll be able to figure something out. We're looking for... Where would they reach out to? Uh, me. It'll okay. be in the show notes. It'll do be you want me to put your email development there, director? Show notes. Uh, how, how should we do that? I don't know. Are you comfortable does with that? Does the 5K have any... Sure, you can put my email in there. Okay. Does it, does, is there a dedicated web uh, page for the sign-up or for yes. sponsors and stuff so like that? So runsignup.com... I'll, I'll put it up there. Okay. I mean, you Show notes. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to memorize okay. it. Thank you. I was yeah. like, I don't. Okay. Anyways, yeah. if you're interested in, in supporting us in any way about that, we're also donating um, part of the proceeds to two organizations. I'm just not saying their names yet because I have to finalize what that's going to oh, look yeah. like. So stay tuned. Stay there tuned. will be upcoming information. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, thank you again for coming in. And Debbie, do you have like a sign off thing? Are you, did you rehearse the song you're going to sing? I will not be singing. I'm going to save Bolton. everyone from hearing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, as always, if you want to learn more about what Guiding Light does, um, learn how you can volunteer, donate, get involved. Or if you have anybody that you know who is struggling and needs a program like this at no cost to them. Star donors. asterisk. Um, <laughs> that will be in the show notes as well. So yeah, thanks. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.